This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening. What do you mean we're late? You're late. Okay, after a, uh, a damp squib of a performance on the filed coast, let's try and illuminate your bank holiday. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Good evening. Right, let me just... There is nothing worse than the chill you get when you log on to... Streamyard, which we use at five to eight, and all you see across your screen is devices not connected, devices not connected, devices not connected. And you see Joe, and Joe's there, he's waiting in his Blue Monday t shirt. You think, I'll oh, just reboot, and you reboot, and you get a blue screen appear. Anyway, I got shields, they're multiplying, and I'm losing control. But luckily, Joe's got his Olivia Newton John leather pants on to, uh, bring things back. Anyway, Joe, good evening. How are you, my birthday friend? Many, many happy returns for Sunday. Were you spoiled rotten? Yeah, I had a good birthday. It was a 15-hour round trip far from just outside Great Yarmouth to Fleetwood with a pickup at 10 past five. I got picked up in the morning, got to Fleetwood about, sort of, I don't know, about, about quarter to 11, 10 to 11, sort of straight into the ground. Watched the game, came out, back in the car in five minutes. <laughs> On the way home, stopped, stopped for a KFC and got back about 10 past eight for a, around 15 hours. But no, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I went. It wasn't the um, it wasn't the end of the season we all hoped it would be. But I think like the, like the players, I think the fans also were in sort of demob happy mode from for, throughout the week, weren't we? And it sort of showed on and off the pitch. Yeah, yeah, certainly did. I think um, that's you know one of the reasons why it's you and I on this evening isn't because we've had to um, drop anyone else from the show because you know they overdid it last week and their performances may not be up to scratch this week. Enter whichever interest down player you want to uh, on the end of that. Um, so yeah, it's it's actually my birthday tomorrow. So I di- I didn't get to go to Christchurch uh, Park earlier, but I know. 11,000 people did, apparently, according to Mark Ashton. So if you were there um, this afternoon, please give us a give us a message. Let us know what it was like and things like that. I've seen the photos and, and bits and pieces. Um, 
I'd say it's actually my birthday tomorrow, 9th of May, everyone. So a little, and here's a little tip for you. If, if you have a birthday on the 9th of May, so let's say, how, how many people do we normally get watching listening to this? Say 36,000 people as per normal are listening and watching this, then 100 people should have the same birthdays as us, shouldn't they? So if you're one of those 100 people that got a birthday on the 9th of May, get yourself a job with a company that its head office is in the Channel Islands, either Jersey or Guernsey, because they have a bank holiday every single 9th of May because it's Liberation Day from the Germans in World War II. So regardless of what day of the week it is, it's, a, it's your birthday. It's your birthday off. Should we get on with the um, football? If your birthday's May the 10th, go to Sark. Because there's his main attempt. David, good evening to you. Um, thank you very much for your five euro uh, super chat donation. As ever, um, much appreciated. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for that, mate. It's because I've it's because I've shaved the beard off, isn't it? I look uh, ten years younger. Um, yeah. Shall we get on with the news? Um, was there any news today? There was. There was a bit actually. Oh, this will please um, Rich, won't it? Transfer news. Shall we? dedicate the majority of the show to uh, transfer transfer tittle tattle and um and rumors um idris el mazuni is interesting watford and derby was it that phil um twtd reported on joe can you see a that happening b whether it be a permanent and c are they the sort of are you surprised that they're the sort of clubs that he's been linked with i think i sort of heard a few little tidbits over the last week or so and it does seem like he might be available for transfer El Mazzuni, um despite having this sort of brilliant season on loan at, at Leighton Orton in League 2 I, I don't know we're, we're a player trading club and maybe the, the club feel that they might be able to get rid of one and, and bring a fee in for him and go get him out but I'd, 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 I'd like to see I'd like to see him get a chance here in pre-season I'd like to see him maybe try and arrange a better loan for him next season, one in League One, see if he can step up because he's he looks a player. Like, there's not many 21-year-olds in, in League One that are doing, sorry, in League Two, which are doing what he did. So it, it seems, it's, I don't know, it seems a bit short-sighted to me, sort of trading away young players. Yeah, well, we, we were sort of talking about this on, on, the, on the journey home, is that you know, if we were, if he wasn't our player and we were being linked with, you know, the League Two centre midfielder of the season, pretty much, um, at the age of whatever what he is, 23, 24, you'd think, oh, crack, that's quite a decent progressive signing for, for an area the area of the pitch that's pretty important going into the championship. Um, but it'd be interesting to know what people think. You know, where do they think it's um feasible that he's going to come back and come back and play a part? You know, is he where is he on the where is he on people's pecking order if you think um you know the people that we know we've got Morsey and Luongo although we don't know what Luongo's situation is Lee Evans we've sort of spoken about here before or Seb's certainly spoken about um, his thoughts on um, where he sees Lee Evans next year um, you've got Kamara who hasn't really played much at all uh, this season obviously Don Ball who um, started yesterday in place of in place of Morsey so yeah it'll be interesting to see where notice I haven't mentioned anyone who was potentially being touted by the vast majority of fans as being a potential player of the season um, early in his Ipswich Town career, um, but you can't really see um, Harbour coming back and, and making much of a an impact. Sadly, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see where people see um, El Mazzuni El Mazzuni fitting in. Um, I think that was that was pretty much it in terms of transfer news. Oh, obviously, um, in terms of other news, uh, unfortunately, 
similar to the um, the men's team, the the women's team um, finished the season in second place. Um, they did they did their job, but unfortunately, um, so did Watford. Um, who finished top and, and go into the playoffs? Don't they? Yeah, it was just on goal difference, wasn't it? They they lost to Watford, lost out to Watford. I think they conceded a late goal when they played Watford a few weeks ago in a in a draw. So yeah, I'm sure the the girls will be a, sort of proud of the season they've had because I think they finished third last year and it's been a step up this year, but frustrated with how the season ended. But next year they know if they go out and they win the league, they they will be promoted. So that's a big a big carrot there waiting for them. So it might not be the worst thing if Watford do end up out, out of this league. I think they were very, very unluckily relegated from the Women's Championship the year before. So they are obviously a good side and we've pushed them all the way. It 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 does seem harsh, doesn't it, that, you know, you, you have such a, a long season and finish second and it's, it, well, even if you finish first, you, you still only go into the into a playoff, don't you? So it does seem to be a little bit restrictive in terms of um, how you can get uh, promoted. Um, similar, I suppose, to a certain extent in the conference, just a very quick um, side note mention to Paul Cook and Armando Dobra and Bailey Clements and Kieran Dyer, all part of the Chesterfield setup, who um, won their playoff yesterday uh, and find themselves at Wembley next Saturday against Notts County. I see they were allowed a pitch invasion. Um, the two cracking games in the National League playoffs, weren't they? They were mental, weren't they? In terms of injury time goals and equalisers and, and red cards, and they they always seem to be. Crazy, crazy games, don't they? Those those playoff semi-finals. Say, I'm sure Paul Cook, they'll be going there as underdogs against Notts County tomorrow because Notts County did, I think, like 107 points in the league season, didn't they? So they put together a great season. But no, you've, he's got them to there. And if it, if if you can get up above Notts County, you've done a brilliant job, haven't you? So we'll see how they get yeah. on that. We could see Dobber and Bailey Clements playing, hopefully at Wembley. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, realistically, with, with the strength of um, Wrexham and Notts County, it's seems to be a pretty um, you know, understandable achievement to, to finish in the playoffs and you can see you know see what you can do once you're, once you're there um, right okie doke let's let's move on let's move on to uh, Fleetwood and Blackpool um, as I say if people want to let us know what they did in Blackpool for the weekend if indeed they spent more than one night there if you managed to find a karaoke bar in in Blackpool because only seen like every single pub um, had a karaoke going on um, at some point on certainly on Saturday night. Um, in terms of the lineups, here we go. So from our perspective, <clears throat> Christian Walton was in goal and had the captain's armband um, in place of the what turned out to be an injured Sam Morsey. Um, just a slight niggle, nothing serious. Dominic Ball came in for uh, Sam Morsey and on the uh, right back Danassian. Um, came in for Harry Clark. Um, anything of any note there, Joe? I, I suppose, obviously, the, the Morsey thing, which we may have heard something about um, a day or so beforehand, um, Don Ball, the obvious the obvious replacement. But in terms of Christian Watt, are you happy with goalkeepers being captain? I'd have preferred an outfield player to be captain personally, but it's I, I guess it doesn't really matter, these things, does it? People should be captains on the pitch, whether they've got an armband or not. But no, I'm, I'm not a fan of the goalkeeper captain. Okay, we've just got a little note here from Josh. Harry Clark's still, like I say, banging the drum. He doesn't bang the drum. It's, it's the other fellow that bangs the drum, but um, 
yeah, giving the, uh, the anti-Nori chance. Um, that'll be interesting. Yeah, as as Neil says here, potentially not uh, Clark um, because I say we'll come to that in uh, in a little bit little bit of time about his role in yesterday's um, yesterday's match. Potentially a little bit uh, hot headed in terms of Fleetwood. They uh, lined up as you can see on the screen. Apologies for those who are listening. Um, anything of any particular note there? Um, Pantomime Obviously, Jack Berlin. Marriott up front, wasn't it? The Jack former Marriott. youth player. And yeah, I did interesting. What one of the interesting things for me, I'm not sure anyone else is, but Colchester's the former Colchester player, that Brendan Wiradu, who was, oh, yeah. was a holding midfield player at Colchester, almost like a box to box midfield player, was playing centre back for them yesterday and and played well as well. I thought he was, yeah, did really well. Got Pantomime Bellend, Sean Rooney there was. A little bit subdued at, at right back. Um, well, it, from the from straight from the kickoff, the pantomime Bellin, when um, Wolfie <laughs> knocked the ball forward, George Hurst just ran inside it and he just cynically just tripped him up, like d- totally deliberately. Uh, but the ref spotted it straight away and gave us a free kick. But that must have been within three seconds of the game starting. He was already <laughs> just trying to kick someone and get away with it. Hair sort of pulling. It should be at Accrington. Yeah, hair pulling Jaden. Yeah, alongside Harry Pell, that was. Um, hair pulling Jaden Stockley was suspended, and Toto and Siala crowd baiting, crowd arguing. Toto and Siala not even in Fleetwood squad. He was there though. He was chatting to a couple of Ipswich fans in the crowd at half time, and a few of the players at the end of the game before he yeah, went he over and did part of their um, lap of honour, lap of honour, yeah, appreciations, yeah. whatever they yeah, called these days. That. Yeah. Um, Okie doke. So in terms of the match itself, after the first couple of minutes, there was a slight ripple going through the crowd as um, Port Vale scored what turned out to be a pretty um, uneventful, uneventful, but it didn't really matter too much, did it? At the end of the day, the goal, it gave us all a little bit of hope for a few minutes. Um, but then there was a few a few mistakes started creeping, didn't they? We had a majority of the, of the play in the first half, um, um, but whatever chances that went Fleetwood's way were predominantly from our mistakes, weren't they? Joe Donassian um, had a bit of a, a dodgy, dodgy game. He sold Walton short, I think, at one point. Walton sort of saved it with his shoulder stroke face um, for, a, for a one-on-one. Um, there was a and then, few we were sloppy. And it, was, it wasn't like one player was sloppy. Donassian was sloppy. Wolfie was sloppy. Um, Don Ball was sloppy. Wes Burns dropped back into defence and was giving the ball away. Leif yeah. Davis gave it away a couple of times. Literally every player was just in our half, whether it's because they were executing a press against us or whether we just weren't quite at it or a combination of the both. We were just sloppy on the ball. But yet we still we still created some decent chances in the half. We still opened up and worked some good positions. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did. But and they, and to be fair to them, they got a lot of there was a lot of blocks, weren't there? A lot of blocked shots from whether it be Broadhead, whether it be um, well, Chaplin on his own had five shots blocked. Yeah, yeah, and I think we got to like the end of the first half. I think we'd had ten or twelve shots, none of which had been recorded as being on target. But that doesn't, I think, it actually includes the um, the blocked ones either, does it? Um, in terms of in terms of Morsey, we can we can chat about it a bit later on because we'll 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 go through um, the, the the team as a whole and and you know, the replacements um, performances uh, within that. Um, but then Hurst goes off pretty early doors after about a quarter of an hour, 16, 17 minutes with what we think was a, a calf injury. Um, but then even before then, I think, Joe, you say about um, maybe uh, the defence being at fault and being a little bit shaky and giving a ball away a fair bit. 
but I think helping out Joe here while he does a bit of remote babysitting, um, Hurst himself was a little bit, well, he wasn't his normal um, up-tempo, in-your-face self. You know, he would seem to be playing a little bit 80% sort of thing. Um, but whether that was to do with that, he was potentially carrying a little bit of a niggle. And then it transpires that that manifested itself around about the 17th minute mark when um, he had to go off injured uh, and Ladapa came on, which is obviously about an hour or so, um, hour or so sooner than he than he normally does come on. But he did all right. He got into the in, got into the swing of things um, pretty pretty sharpish. But as I say, it was pretty much blocked shots and and crosses which weren't quite making their man. I think Ball Ball's, um played a nice through ball, didn't he? To um, to Broadhead, who brought it down well and volleyed, blazed over. I think we can probably. Um, so that one was Joe. Yeah, there's a nice pull over the top. I think Wolfie played the ball over the top, which Wes Burns got onto, and it looked like it opened up for a shot. But rather than shoot, he sort of elected to try and cross to Chaplin at the back post and just sort of slightly overhit it. It was a very difficult ball, but we sort of worked all the chances we worked were really nice chances, nice interplay down the sort of left hand side, and balls being pulled back to decent spots on the edge of the box. But like you say, there was always someone blocking those. It, it did feel like we were just trying to work the ball to Connor Chaplin all the time to score in, in that first half, especially, but it just didn't quite, just didn't quite, I don't know. We just weren't quite with it, but we could have been, yeah. if we were tuning up at half time, I don't think there could have been complaints because they were, they were, we were creating half decent chances, but just not, not doing enough, not doing enough in general play to maybe in that sort of last 10 minutes for half time. We started to get on top, didn't we? And, Start to look like we're turning the screw, but then still just a bit sloppy with it. Yeah, I think to to Lee's point here about intensity, I think that is a, that is a fair point in terms of we just sort of lack the intensity. There just didn't seem to be, to my eyes, um, my untrained eye, just didn't seem to be quite the, the patterns that we always have seen in the last two or three months. They just didn't quite seem to be there for some reason. And whether that's to do with you know the, the lack of one particular person in the, in the centre of midfield potentially, but possibly a little bit worrying as well if if that is the case. Um, I think it, I think it's difficult though because we can say we missed Morsi and we obviously did but in that in that performance yesterday I we I, I don't know what you were like but I went up there really relaxed wasn't really worried obviously I hoped we'd get 100 points 100 goals but I can't say there was a sort of burning desire in me to get there it was just a case of oh I hope we win we should do we've, we've got a better team it'd be nice to see us win and there wasn't that it, there wasn't that sort of burning crowd or yeah any, anything from there and, and, and like ultimately these footballers are only human and they have climbed their Everest last week haven't they they've got to the top they've had the big release from that point on and yeah Morsey might have driven our standards up a bit more but on the flip side he may, he may not have been able to because the whole club was sort of there it's, it's not just the players it's the management team as well they were I say they they were all out celebrating last week. They've all achieved what they've wanted to do. I imagine they've been thinking about Fleetwood this week, but they've also probably been starting to think about their recruitment plans for the summer, for the championship, working out who's going to be there, working out which contracts are now going to need to be offered and not be offered. Ultimately, the season ended last week in reality, didn't it, for what we wanted to achieve. You look at Burnley and the championship, they flying up there, look like they're going to break the championship points record, then they lose at home to QPR, lose there. It's yeah. just it's just impossible to keep that standard up. And yeah, especially once we sort of hit that Plymouth 1-0 down, then all of a sudden it was like, oh, Plymouth 2 went up. And I think the crowd, not that it knocked the crowds, I don't think there was a huge amount to knock out of it, to be fair, but it just... Yeah, the sort of atmosphere went, but everyone was everyone was happy, everyone was enjoying it. Yeah, but there was there was I don't know. You just can't you just can't fake that intensity, can you? It was it was a very relaxed atmosphere in the away end 
wasn't it? It was, you know, so even when the goals against us were going in, it was very much a, well, you know, it is what it is. As you say, the, the job's done, it's it's mission accomplished, it's um, back to the delights of Blackpool this evening sort of thing. Just a quick shout out to Gary. Gary, thank you very, very much for your, uh, for your donation there, for your uh, reward award. Um, and speaking of reward awards, the uh, into the second half and the 100th goal of the season, Joe, came in the 50th minute. And it wasn't a bad one, was it? No, it's, it's just Donatian with a throw in straight to him, wasn't it? Just threw, threw it into Ladapo in the box. He did what he does well, held the ball up, backed in and just sort of spun and hit the shot. And it, from where I looked, it seemed to hit the bar, then down onto the post. And then the players were there for the rebound. And all of a sudden they went over to celebrate with Ladapo. It wasn't quite obvious straight away that it crossed the line from the side there. But no, brilliant goal and great to see. I think that's Ladapo's, what, 21st goal of the season at 22nd, 17 in the league. Yeah. A cracking record for a player that hasn't actually played that many minutes. He's actually, what him and Christian Walton are the only two players that have appeared in every each one of the 46 league games for us this season. And he's been available all season. He's done a good job all season. He's got 21 goals. I think he's actually played more games than Christian Walton because he played a lot of the Papa John's Trophy oh. games at the start of the season where Hladkey's plays most of those. So he is actually our most appearances this year. Second top scorer, 21 goals. Great goal to get the 100th yesterday. So, no. Yeah. He's, well, come, um, he's come a long way from the, the sarcastic chanting of whatever Pizza Cup game it was he was getting from you know, half a dozen teenagers in the North Stand for, for, for one of them. Um, and certainly in terms of his performances, because he's by virtue of Hurst's own um, role in the team and, and he's been starting games, his performances coming off the bench have got much, much better, haven't they? So that's sort of something that he's been coached and doing to make a certain, you know, an immediate impact, which he has done in, in all those games that he's had to come on in. Yeah, I think that's eight league goals off the bench as well now, which is the most in the in the Football League or probably yeah. maybe including the Premier League. But no, eight league goals off the bench is not to be sniffed at. I know things are changing now with the five subs that every striker is is coming on every game. So they're doing it. But no, he's he's done very well in that sort of, in, in what has become, firstly being available all through the start of the season when we only had him really up front. And yeah. that, that was the only option. And then the second half of the season plan, which has effectively become the second fiddle role to George Hurst and still being fit, still being able to come on to games, still being able to affect games when he does come on. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair point from Neil Hughes saying that Ladapo is, is underrated by by some of the fans is that he, he probably is. And as you've you know, very eloquently put there, Joe, the reason, you know, he did have to pretty much carry the can for the, for the first half of the season, certainly in terms of um, you know, what was, what was behind him. He didn't have the backup of what well, Hurst has got the backup of Ladapa. Ladapa didn't have that backup uh, in the first. Um, well, we, we, we went out on transfer deadline day, didn't we? And we signed Gassana Hadmi basically yeah. because we needed another striker and, I say, I think almost everyone's forgotten he plays for us, haven't he? He's gone to Burnley, oh, yeah. not really done anything there. Yeah, 100%. I'd say what Charlie D's just agreeing with Neil here, saying it'll be an important part of the squad next season. Well, maybe we'll come, ac- come up, um, we'll come across that and speak about that in a little bit later, uh, Charlie. Um, so just in terms of going back to the game, um, Fleetwood got back into it, didn't they? There was, it was a, their goal was a scrappy um, sort of goal mouth. Bit of hustle and tussle between uh, Danassian and Wolfenden. Danassian tries to clear it and slams it against Marriott, um, and it rebounds into the net. Um, I'd sort of forgot Marriott was. I knew he was playing, but I'd sort of forgotten he was playing. If you know what I mean, I knew his name was mentioned, but it did hadn't really sort of twigged that he was uh, on the pitch. To be honest with you, um, and then ten minutes later we go behind, um, which I think is probably um, 
that sort of goal that's going to annoy the, the coaching team in terms of a pretty standard corner flick on and, and knocking at the uh, at the far post. Um, may have been off, offside potentially. I think Walton seemed to be appealing that was offside, um, but he could have well timed his timed his run perfectly. But again, it didn't really seem to bother or, or uh, affect the crowd too much. Um, but then in 74, um, Marcus Harness scores his first goal since Exeter away, unbelievably, in uh, in November. Yep, it's, but it, it was a move that we tried a few times, wasn't there, where the ball ended up. So we sort of broke quite well and it ended up with Wes Burns on the right-hand side of the pitch. And like Nathan Broadhead and Leif Davis had in the first half, they rather than sort of whip the ball in, they managed to pull the ball back to Chaplin, who dropped into a lovely sort of hole, nice position. And this time Chaplin had the shot. And it sort of seemed to be going wide, wasn't it? Or And it ends up being blocked and dropping back. And Harness is just able to sort of take a touch, adjust himself and sort of swing a left foot at it. Maybe gets a slight deflection, but sharp, sharp from Harness in the box. And I thought he looked sharp when he came on yesterday as well, which is sort of good good for him. And it looked like from that point on, the ball was straight at the goal. And by that point, Fleetwood had made sort of two or three changes. And I, I don't know who was coming on. But these these guys that were coming on looked like they were sort of the under-16s coming on to play for them. They, they all look so young. Maybe that's maybe because it was my birthday and I've turned another year older. <laughs> I've, I've, continue, I've continued into my mid-30s still. So um, it might be in that, but they just look so young. The players coming on for him, and I thought, well, come on, we got we got to go and win this now. In the in in the meantime, if anyone wants to look up the, the dictionary definition definition of mid thirties, that that help us just stick it in the chat. Um, yeah, you're right, Joe, because there was a guy who was um, I say guy, the guy warming up um, down in our corner, one of their subs, and I was with um, Oscar, my boy, and we looked at him and said he honestly looked like he was about twelve or thirteen years old. I think he was the I can't remember what number he was now, twelve, twenty two, something like that. But yeah, he he came on towards the end. I, I actually googled him. He's about he's about twenty three. But yeah, probably says something about us both. You know, you're getting old when it was it policemen and uh, attacking midfielders for Fleetwood start looking uh, start looking young. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, our own substitutions, Harry Clark had come on uh, at this point and had a somewhat uh, erratic and eventful um, few minutes on the pitch. Joe got got booked after eighty five, um, which could arguably not have been given but then after that he he had he made a bad pass i think back to walton and sort of had to recover and fly back and chuck in a i think that was before i think that was first was it before that yeah oh, okay but he'd, he'd already done well to not get booked or give away a penalty in that in that respect it had to be a perfectly timed flying challenge to to recover from that um, mistake he got booked and then five minutes later he's lying on the floor and decides to swing a leg at the, the guy who's breaking away, I say, in the 91st minute of the last game of the season with nothing particularly riding on it. Um, and it all went horribly wrong for him. Didn't yeah, it probably that... wasn't his finest 10 minutes of football, was it, for Harry? Yeah, he just, I, I think like I say that he, he was, it's almost like he'd been sent on to make something happen. And he was like trying too hard to make something happen. So when he gave the ball away, he flew back to make the tackle. The second one, I think he'd given it away again there and went back and made a it's one of those ones that yeah he probably did get the ball but it was with such force that it was a foul i thought maybe a yellow card was a bit harsh but it's it was given and then but then after that he then popped over up over on the left hand side and was going on a run getting into the box on the left hand side and i don't know he was just he was so keen to make something happen and then when he gave the ball away it's just like a tackle you just cannot put that tackle in when you when you've already been booked <laughs> it's it's like rule 101 of defending you go to ground 
at force when you're already being booked. Even though that guy miscontrolled the ball and he went flying away, it is a nailed-on yellow card, isn't it? But especially, it's just in terms of the context of the match and in context of the season and in the context of the first game of next season, you know, it just seems to be particularly potentially the stupidest piece of football that we've played all season. You know, it just seems to be completely contrary to you know, what a Kieran McKenna yeah. footballer would. Uh, would I think be it's doing. our first red card of the season, is it in the league? So. But it's just you've, he's now given somebody else the opportunity to have the shirt at the start of next season. And if they play well in that first game, you might not come back into the team. So it's it's sort of, I'm sure he'd be more frustrated than anyone. It was a bit a bit silly. He, he looked overexcited, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Kind. Yeah. Quite. Let's hope it's not, a, it turns out to be, let's not hope it doesn't turn out to be a typical Harry Clark. Um, I don't think, I don't think he's had many in his career. I'll, have a quick look, but I don't. I don't think he's uh, sort of a player who's had a lot of red cards or anything like that. He's just uh, we just write it off as a bad day at the office. Yeah, absolutely. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. So in terms of um, the performance and the, and the result, that was that really. Um, we ended up, well, we head into the summer. Looking forward to championship, looking forward to the championship. 98 points in the back pocket, 101 goals in the position net and only four league defeats which is a, a club record and we're obviously still in the midst of a 19 match unbeaten run so we can now sit back and, and uh, watch the playoffs from a from a from a safe distance um, yeah that is the massive thing isn't it because when you look at the teams now it does look and, and it always is because ultimately it's four of the best six teams in the league so it's, it's always going to be it's always going to be tight but God, they, do, they do look fearful the playoffs this they year. Look tough. They do look tough. Yeah. So just for for everyone's benefit, it's I think it's Peterborough, Sheffield Wednesday on Friday, and then Bolton Barnsley 
on the Saturday and then the uh, the reverse fixtures, I think, are potentially during the following week. Um, in terms of individual awards, then, as you sort of referred to earlier, Joe, um, Connor Chaplin um, has got the joint um, Golden Boot Award with uh, Clark Harris. I'll, uh, I've got something here, actually. Which I didn't know if there was any tie breaks on this, but it seemed... Whatever tie breaks, I think Chaplin would win, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. less penalties, more assists, minutes, fewer minutes uh, on goal, the pitch. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah. ultimately, I, for me, I think the Golden Boot, you should have, I think if you, you win the Golden Boot, that, well, no, I actually, I actually agree splitting it because I think, okay, Conor Chaplin scored 26 goals, but because he's got three more assists than Johnson Clark Harris, he wins it. Well, well, actually, no, the Golden Boot is about who scored the most goals, doesn't it? And I think it's yeah. fair that they both win it. Well, so just for people who are watching the lists here, you may see some names that you uh, that you recognise. Um, but as you say, Joe, in terms of for now, Freddie Ladapo's finished sixth, um, sixth in the league <clears throat> in terms of league goals. So he's finished level on goals with Michael Smith of of Sheffield Wednesday. And as you say, for a guy who hasn't potentially um, played as many minutes as some of the others on that list, it's really is, and certainly from the role that he's been playing in the team. Um, I think he's done a, had a fantastic season. And they're just poking up in number 10 is Mr. Rack Saki from Charlton, who we may or may not see more of uh, ourselves next season. That remains to be seen. Um, and additionally, uh, Christian Walton, he won the uh, Golden Glove. He got 23 clean sheets from 46 league games, which my very rudimental rudimentary maths will tell me is a clean sheet every other match. And it's interesting um, because earlier in the season, I was not criticising him so much, but just saying he hadn't been having a particularly good season. And I think he's got 12 clean sheets in the last 15 matches. So that's an incredible record. But in the first sort of 31 matches of the season, it's 11 clean sheets in 31 matches. And we, and we did say we just need to ensure that He's he's making these those big saves when it matters, turning sort of six or seven out of ten every week to seven or eight or even nine out of ten every week, and that's exactly what he's done. Some of the yeah. some of the goals he's uh, sort of prevented, the Bolton saving that penalty at a big moment, and not just saving the penalty, just before the penalty was awarded, he made a fantastic save which would have counted, but because that that didn't go there, but that didn't go in. They then got the penalty, which he then saved as well. Cambridge he made the penalty save, Derby made big saves at big times and he's just become the keeper he was last year which is sort of what we were sort of crying out for all season when we saw Michael Cooper and you see all these goals prevented stats and Christian Walton at one point on the Opta analyst was on the second page of it and now you look at yeah. his sort of fourth in the league and that's what you need you needed your keeper to, to step up for you at the big moments and he has done he's been fantastic the last what three months hasn't he yeah, absolutely. And as as Lee's pointed out here, it's crazy to think if we just lost one of those games in that amazing run that we would have we would have missed out. Um, so yeah, it just goes to show you know those. I don't feel too sorry for Sheffield Wednesday, but when you start looking at some of the some of the figures and the points that those guys have um, acquired, and you know, you're finishing third and potentially aren't even going to get to Wembley, let alone get promoted. It's uh, it's been a hell of a hell of a tussle. I'm just thankful that we. Uh, so we finished two out of three, and then I say we can just sit back and watch the chaos of the uh, the playoffs unfold. Yeah, it's a ridiculous. It's been a ridiculous season at the top. The standards set by Plymouth, us, and Sheffield Wednesday are incredible, really. And 
I said, 96 points to come third in the table. And as was it Lee that said there, you, yeah. you just lose, you just lose one of those games and you don't make it. You draw, you draw two out of rather than sort of win 12 out of 14, you win 10, you draw four rather than win yeah. whatever it is. And, and Sheffield Wednesday beat you to it. And oh God, it is, I'd say we've done incredible to get over the line. And let's say you look at Plymouth 101 points in, in that same season and the way they've just bounced back as well deserves yeah. Tremendous credit. Like I say, any, anyone finishing above this season has had a bloody good season. Yeah, absolutely. Fair play. Um, so in terms of, um, there's no next game to talk about. So we're obviously dealing with a little bit of scraps in terms of regarding things to talk about now. We're into the uh, close season. But some of the guys um, in the chat have been have been um, putting some bits and pieces in there about squad rebuilding or reconfiguration, if you want to, if you want to call it that. Um, Ashton, as expected, um, was interviewed in uh, today, I think, at the uh, at the Christchurch Park do, um, and has told Phil TWTD that obviously, as we expect, that things have already started. Um, but you know, in terms of getting your thoughts um, and your players, as I say, people have put their um, names here. Apparently, JG says we're interested. Joe, your your turn on the uh, pronunciation. The the player of Junior Shamadu. Guy got into the player the team of the season at Cole yeah. U. It's a young player of the year at League in League Two as well. Yeah, is he's a fullback, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's. I think he's played left back a bit, but he's right footed and generally plays on the right. Oh, right, interesting. Well, that's funny enough because um, Romeo here said, uh, in terms of what we're saying about Harry Clark potentially missing out uh, the first game of the season, he's got uh, Connor Bradley on loan right back for the first game of the season potentially. I suppose that's quite interesting. What will happen? I know Danassian has signed a. Uh, uh, it signed a new contract, didn't he? Recently, or got extended um, contract relatively recently. But what they'll do uh, in and around the team? You got any thoughts of the type of personnel, rather than you know, maybe not the actual person itself, Joe, but the the type of personnel, the sort of um, stature of player that would be looking to acquire? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any. I think the fans are probably going to need to get used to the fact that the club is probably going to be quite ruthless with players that they that they like. There's not going to be. Probably someone like a Luke Chambers who plays 400 games for the club, or players that play here for years and years, because I think the club is just moving at such a pace that as soon as they're not good enough, they're going to be sort of cast aside, and we're always going to be looking to improve. Like you look at Janoy Danassian, for example, he's come in, he's been brilliant sort of last year, first half of this season. All of a sudden, we've got um, Harry Clark, a million pound bang, he's ahead of you now, he's now the number one right back, and you're there, and yeah, they've given him another year's contract as an option but I don't think for one second that doesn't mean that isn't just to protect his value and if there's an opportunity to sign Junior Shamadu and we've got two young players that are competing for that side we're going to do it there's there's sort of no way that goes from there and we'll find a way to protect his value and sell Danashian and and move him on and but I I think the recruitment is going to be well, we've heard how much money there is to spend previously when you've heard from Mark Steed and the guys of the Arizona Pension Fund, it's almost a not an unlimited pot because it, it needs to work as the club. But I don't think if there's a player that we find and they want seven million for him, but the club think they can sort of buy him, turn him around and flip him for twenty five in two years' time. I don't think that the big fee is going to be anything that puts us off. And when you look at the signings we did in January, obviously Massimo Luongo, he's a player that Sort of defied all expectations in what he did in the team. But even at the end of that window, if you listen to the Hard Truth podcast with Darren McAnthony, and he talks about Jack Taylor a lot. And from what I gather, we 
we put £1.7 million on the table for Jack Taylor. At the end of the window, when we'd already signed Massimo Luongo, we signed Marcus Harness for £600,000 in August. We signed Nathan Broadhead for £1.5 million in January to move ahead of him in the pecking order. Obviously, we've mentioned Harry Clark, Genoi, Danashian, Freddie Ladapo's scoring goals at a good rate. Well, no, George Hurst, we think he's better than him, so we're going to go out and get George Hurst and put him ahead of him. And I think there's players, like you look at Wes Burns, for example, who's been yeah. superb the last two seasons. Like his numbers are absolutely ridiculous for a player who's spent a lot of the time at right wing back. But if there's a chance to get someone better, we're going to get someone better than him. And I think that probably goes for nearly everyone in the side. Even I'd even say someone like Sam Morsey, for example, who's played in the Championship and he's played at the... I think he's had a season at the top end of the Championship when he was at Middlesbrough. But if there's players that they think are younger, better, then they'll go out and get him. And it's up to him to try and fend them off and stay in the team. But no, I, I think I think it's going to be really, really ambitious recruitment. I think centre-backs probably very high up the list when you see sort of Luke Wolfen and Cameron Burgess haven't really got a huge amount of experience on that side. Will both of them be able to step up? No, yeah, probably not. Will one of them be able to? You'd, you'd hope someone like Luke Wolfen and Cam because he's a player with a ceiling that looks like it could be very high. But if he's not stepping up, I, I don't think they'll... I don't think they'll worry about, oh, it's nice having Ipswich boy in the team. Well, sorry, no, we'll, we'll get the best footballer that we can. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. As, as um, Lee's saying here, you know, spot on. Um, Neil's saying here that, yeah, he's he's got Torres John Jules, also an experience. I'm going to go centre-half for your abbreviation there, Neil. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, David's got a, a wish list of a, a keeper, right-back, centre-back, centre-midfielder and a striker. We can probably look to tick off... The striker, Joe, do you reckon? We, we, we'll be going all out to get uh, George Hurst back, won't we? You'd regardless of what so. division, yeah, we, Leicester in. Well, like I say, you don't, you, don't know what, you don't know what is best for us in that side, for example, with Leicester. Them get relegated might actually mean that the fee's smaller because they want to. They just want to get shot of him because they need to try and bring some funds in to do a bit of trading. His contract might drop down, so it then means we're trying to take on a smaller contract than a bigger contract. But on the flip side, they might say, oh, actually, we want to we use him. So they, they will drop down. But I, I think that we'll, we'll go for him hard. We went for him hard last summer and didn't get him. He's come in. He's done really well. I don't see why we wouldn't go for him now just as hard this summer. And I'd say the, hard, the harder bits are going to be the ones to cover certain bits and Sort of Ty- Tyrese John Jules has been mentioned there a bit, and it's it's a player like that that can cover that number nine role and the sort of attacking midfielder role. Because you, if you've got Freddie Ladapo, for example, he's going to stay or sell him. You you want to get two top quality number nines in the side, whether that's George Hurst or Freddie Ladapo, I don't know, but you can't carry three out and out number nines in this squad, can you? There's no. just no way it works. So you need someone like Tyrese John Jules or someone of that playing profile who can play both as a number nine and as one of the ones that sits in behind. So I can see why he's going to be quite popular. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Charlie D saying that Leicester have got seven players out of contract, not including Hurst, but you know, we just don't know, do we? we, we as we say, we'll, we, what we do know, what we, we can be pretty sure of is that we will be doing our damnedest to, uh, to try and sign him. He's got seven goals in the time he's been here and important goals um, in that time. You, know, you think of uh, Bolton away, Barnsley way, two off the top of my head I can think of, which were you know, not only top class goals, but important goals at important times. Um, Charlie D and Neil just having a quick chat on um, Hlagke here. That's a difficult one, I suppose, Joe, from from his perspective. You know, he's part of a um, successful team, um, but not part of a successful starting eleven. Um, 
I suppose at the end of the day, it'll be it probably will be his decision what he wants to do from a from a professional career perspective, whether he wants to go and try and play games somewhere or whether he's happy playing you know, second fiddle to a guy who's going to be a nailed on number one. Ultimately, I guess we retain his contract. He's got another year on it. I know he was earning sort of very good League One money when he signed. He was signed as the first choice keeper, was earning very good money. He's probably just had a promotion pay rise. So unless he's going to find another championship club that want to take him on or a very top-end League One club to take him on and start him every week, it's like, is he, it's like what do you do? Do you take the pay cut and go there? Or do you stay here and play second fiddle and hope, well, not hope, but think you might get your chance and be able to take it at that point? I don't know. It's a, yeah. it's a difficult one, but I think almost some of these promotion pay rises may price some people out with moves because realistically, what level is Hladke going to go down to to play? He's he yeah. was a very who is an excellent League Two goalkeeper, playing for the biggest payers in League Two in Salford, and we've blown the deal he was getting there out of the water. So where 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 can he go? Unless maybe a Sheffield Wednesday or someone like that want him, but. What has he proven at the top end of League One that he could go and play there? He hasn't really, has he? No, no, absolutely. In terms of Michael's, uh, hey, good evening to you. Good morning to you, Michael. Good afternoon to you, Michael. Um, what about Kamara? Could he take over from Morsey? Um, I suppose it's, we don't know really, do we? We, we haven't seen anything of him of, of any uh, great length. Um, I remember going down to Plymouth uh, last season, I think it was, when he stood up to Morsey. I think it's probably one of the reasons why we signed it is that, you know, he wasn't shirking away from uh, the Sam Morsey challenge in the, in the centre midfield. Um, but interesting, it's an interesting signing at the time. Um, obviously we were, we were league one hoping to get to league, sorry, hoping to get to the championship. We now know we are a nailed on championship um, club, aren't we? So, you know, we do our signings, you know, we talk about a had me before you can't see that had me going to be anything to, anywhere near the first team squad. He'll be, Potentially out on loan again, or out on loan for the rest of his Ipswich Town career. You've got um, Joe Piggott, who will potentially be out again on loan in League One somewhere. You would have thought just to sort of, if no one wants to buy him or get get us a, a price that we're happy with. Same for Raheem Harper. Bill. Yeah, yeah, they, they signed long contracts, didn't they? Um, Lee saying yeah, Kamara isn't as good as Morsey. Well, yeah, he, he obviously isn't, but you know he's. He's got attributes, hasn't he, Joe? He's got actually in terms of athleticism and you know, getting up I and think, down the pitch. I think it's probably been quite interesting in the last few weeks since sort of Luongo's coming to the side that it might have redefined what the manager thinks he needs in a central midfielder for the club because we've normally had like a ball player alongside Morsey and tried to sort of play that sort of pivot. But now we've turned into two sort of Rottweilers in the midfield who are both who are both good on the ball in fairness at league one level they can both pass they can both spot a pass they can play a through ball they can beat a man when they need to they can sort of break lines and drive into space but i but i think like i say it's just my opinion but i i, I think that it we might be looking more for sort of two combative players in there especially when we go up against a three in the midfield you need two players that just don't very very good physically and that's what we've had so i wonder whether that changes the profile and is, I don't know, would you say Kamara is that role? I, I personally wouldn't, yeah. from the limited bits I've seen of him. He's more sort of an attacking midfielder that can get up and down the pitch for me. Yeah. Um, James here reckons we're going to go for Scott Twine in the summer. Well, I can't imagine we playing too much for, for Burnley in the Premier League, but then has he played much for Burnley in the, in the Championship to say that he's a Championship player? I don't know, really. Um, Lee agrees you here saying that uh, Luongo's freed up Morsey's game. Yeah, he's just 
he's been back to the old Morsey, hasn't he? Really, or sometimes even a, a Morsey that we hadn't potentially um, even seen. Um, yeah, you just you just wonder how that level of performance from Morsey steps up, if that makes sense, because he has been he's been like the driving force and the heartbeat of the team. But maybe next year, because he's he's played in the championship before, but he's always just been a sort of more of a holding midfielder that can can do a bit. It does next year. Does he go back to being the the donkey doing the guy doing the donkey work in the midfield to free up somebody else, if that makes sense? Because is he good enough technically on the ball to to play that more freed role in the championship, or do his skills translate better to being that sort of deeper guy that wins the ball that works his absolute? nuts off that gets into the battles that gets the ball to get us playing that Luongo's done more of in the last few weeks yeah it's going to be interesting isn't it about Morsi because you know not this isn't disrespect him at all actually it's, it's blowing smoke up his backside but he he goes onto the pitch every single match in league one knowing he's the best player on that pitch doesn't he pretty much so quite how that translates when you go up to the championship knowing that you're coming against you know, equally as good players if not potentially better players, that's going to be an interesting um, dynamic in that in that team full stop, really, isn't it? Um, just a quick one here from Luca, who's coming in with some real um, transfer gossip and rumour that um, spoke to Leafs agent. Well, apparently, we looked at 147 players before choosing the Leaf. Was that Leafs? Did that make it Leafs' big break to get a uh, a transfer to Ipswich Town? Um, it was between him and a Uruguayan left. Oh, wouldn't we have loved a Euro- I'll tell you what, a Uruguayan left back has got more red cards than Harry Clark written all, written all over him, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. I, well, it's, inter- it's, it's interesting to see where we recruit from because now we're a championship club that, that does open a lot of leagues up. Because while the, while the Brexit rules have changed that you can't buy any player in Europe, certain leagues are now opened up, which are apparently the Brazilian sort of top tier, the Argentinian top tier, so it'll be interesting. I know Mark Ashton's previously dealt. I think the French second division is also a league that you can recruit from. It's all to, it's all to do with the league ranking, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a quick one here from uh, Paul, who's having a few troubles. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to um, I'm going to be kind to you here, Paul, and and say I'm not going to ask why you might have Eva Longoria as a um, predictive text uh, word in your phone of choice um rather than luongo um but saying here that he's um absolute quality but obviously 30 years old and i say and suppose as well i don't know what his situation is in terms of what his life plans are is he looking to retire to the sunshine in australia anytime soon i don't know well, it's, it sounded like at the start of last season he left sheffield wednesday to try and get to a championship club to play to get to sort of make a late charge for the Australian World Cup squad and then was planning to move back to Australia after that. I'm sure I read that yeah. somewhere, but I I did. it's um, he's now saying he wants to stay. It's do we want to, do we want to keep him? He's been, he's been superb, but we have, we are very well stocked in that central midfield role and it's going to be easier to, if we are going to recruit big, sort of try and bring in a couple of players, you can't just, sign everybody and then say oh actually the ones we don't want to keep are these two saying we're now going to sell them you sort of have to work a little bit with what you've got don't you and look at the contract situations of all the players but but we'll see yeah that's right and you know and you you are limited to squad sizes and you don't want to be paying people who aren't in your squad money just to be sitting around and and playing cup games either do you even if you're paying half their wages because you send them out on loan somewhere and things like that it's still it's still money that's coming out of the budget and 
you're going to have to be very careful with that, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a quick one here for those guys who aren't, uh, those guys, girls, sorry, who aren't um, watching. Lucas back on saying that uh, he reckons that Ashton is going to be looking abroad this summer. So, Luca, feel free to jump on when Rich is on, specifically when Rich is on and throwing all sorts of transfer rumours his way because he, uh, he enjoys that. Ian, good evening to you. Um, help me out here. How have Darlington done this? Uh, they were they were top of the league when Ian has been on previously. So hopefully they managed to get over the line. I think they're sort of Phoenix club. Um, Lee, Lee's going for a twelve month contract for Luongo. It's, I suppose it's just a question of you know there's going to have to be a thinning out of the squad. I know um, David uh, put a question up earlier on about who who would be um, letting go out of the uh, out of the current. Um, squad without you know throwing any sort of shade on them as joe was talking about uh Danassi and early you now they've all done spectacularly well this season you know, they've, they've got us promoted but we it will be a, an ever um improving cycle of, of of players and you would have thought that um the famous data dashboard will be uh up in, in full effect already um so just a quick one well, before we um, start winding down thank you very very much everyone for um jumping on and adding your comments as ever um i fully appreciate that i started a little bit late but we'll we can blame um, someone else for that um and also you know there hasn't been an awful lot to talk about because you know we've done we've done the job you know we we've uh, we've got to the championship hurrah and um we've got no more games to talk about until we get to august um so in that uh light just to let you guys know that we will be doing a uh, pod of some description in terms of um, just a wrap-up, um, an, an end-of-season wrap-up, um, potentially some awards. We may well get the, uh, the Telegram um, mob to, to help us out in that respect. Um, in terms of plugs, bits and pieces, everything you need is at bluemondayitfc.co.uk. So... On that, you've got links to um, the various platforms where we are. It'll have news on when the um, the next pods are out. It's also got links to the Telegram group, which you know we've spoken about many times. Obviously, if you want your fix of town transfer tittle tattle, um, get onto Telegram. Um, there's exclusives on there. Um, cricket chat, uh, if you're that way inclined. Formula One chat, if you're that way inclined. Um, also, there's a link to the merch store where we currently have a 15% discount promotion, um, special discount. It was only going to be 10%, but because we got promoted, we uh, decided to up it to, to 15%. Um, so, yeah, as I say, we've got um, a keep your eyes and ears to the ground because, as I say, we've got another pod coming up. We don't quite know when the um, timings of it are going to be, but it'll be sort of a, an end of season. Special we'll try and get as many of the guys on there as uh, as we can. Um, Joe, you've got have you got a, a giveaway? Have you arranged something for yourself? You've out of your own pocket, you've taken food from the mouths of your own children to give to give to give away something. No, I'll make sure I'm reimbursed from the Blue Monday account. But we... <laughs> <laughs> I'll put an expensive shit into uh, to Rich. Okay. No, I'm sure people have seen the no score draws, which used to be the Panini cheapskates. The the basically terrible drawings of the Ipswich players have been put into a poster and we've, we've got one of those which will be given away in the Telegram group. So just another incentive to join what is a fantastic community there. Perfect. Great stuff. All right. Well, as I say, thank you very much for everyone. Um, 
Good evening to you. Oh, my God. Right. We'll just hang on a little bit more for Nat. Nat, good evening to you, mate. Um, good to hear from you. Um, good luck. Don't mean it. In the uh, in the in the playoffs, um, I say we'll all be watching. Not from behind the sofa or um, you know, with, I'd, I'd, the, I'd be interested. I've spoken to a few Sheffield Wednesday fans and they still seem quite down on it. But you think, God, 96 points is an incredible season. Last year, through most of it, Darren Moore's got them playing some good stuff and picking up points, knowing how to win. And it's sort of, I don't know, it seems to sort of be unnoticed that this collapse from Sheffield Wednesday. I've seen them win their last four to bounce into the playoffs in a run of four games in a row. So I'd say they've been been superb this year and, and deserve promotion really it's going to be it's going to be tough but we'll see where they go like I don't know it's just I wouldn't fancy going to Peterborough for that first leg of a playoff so because away from home they've just got they've got that ability just to bang two or three quick goals in don't they because they've, they've just got goal scorers in their team but I think Sheffield Wednesday should be too strong Sheffield Wednesday are the best team in the playoffs by distance aren't they and whilst Barnsley have been playing well I think it's it shouldn't be forgotten about how good a season Sheffield Wednesday have had Absolutely, and it's all about timing, isn't it? That that forms the narrative. You know, if if they hadn't gone on that run, you know, if they just plodded plodded along at the rate that they've ended up at during the whole season, it's a good season. By virtue of having peaks and troughs at certain points of the season, it sort of sets the narrative of the of the whole season through sort of recency bias and stuff like that, doesn't it? But anyway, um, yeah. Good luck to them and good luck to the other guys in the in the playoffs. We don't really mean it. We don't really care. Um, so, yeah, so thanks, everyone, guys. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks, everyone, for sticking your comments in. As ever, if you can give us a, a thumbs up wherever you're watching, it would be absolutely fantastic. Keep your eye out for whichever um, on whichever platform you get us on for the next pod. It'll be coming along very shortly. And in the meantime, see you later. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.